something interesting that I didn't even um, realize is <clears throat> when I go back and listen to some of the recordings of these shows on Twitter spaces, um, it's weird. Like Twitter doesn't include that, like, I guess, built-in intro music. I mean, for anyone listening right now on kind of like the recording on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everything, um, yeah, Twitter has this like built-in music that I let play during the show and like folks come in on the spaces and kind of get things going. But it's weird. It doesn't, and it doesn't play on the recording on Twitter spaces. So there's like three to four minutes of just silence when you listen to the, uh, the Twitter spaces. So, um, I'm gonna have a theme song soon. We'll get it sorted out. It'll be much better. Um, and to be honest, the music that Twitter chooses, uh, makes me very sleepy. So that'll be an improvement, um, that's, uh, coming soon. Hashpack, I see you down there. I'll bring you up soon to chat about some interesting stuff. Um, <clears throat> I think that so much has happened um, this week, and it's and it's funny because excuse me, doing the best they can here, folks. I, if uh, I had a cold weeks ago, and the cough kind of sticks around, so I'm actually feeling absolutely fantastic. I just don't sound that great. <clears throat> My God, um, but yeah, this week it was interesting because. It wasn't like there was a ton of like rapid fire stories. Like sometimes like the mega threads that I post are gigantic with the amount of stories. It's more about, um, it was, there's some really dense stories this week. So there's quite a bit to unpack, um, in, uh, a couple key areas. Um, and yeah, I think that there's also a bit of a sentiment change. We'll, we're definitely, I mean, the title of the show speaks for itself. Um, last week we were talking about an article that community member Sivo, AKA parabolic H bar posted, um, on medium called the Hedera bubble or something like that. And, you know, it's something people have been talking about for so long in the Hedera community. You know, when we look at key performance indicators, right? KPIs, North star goals, you know, first it was how many governing council members can we get? Then it was how many transactions can we get per second? And we're in search of what the next one is because I think the, the community is realizing that <clears throat> although more TPS does indicate that the network continues moving further to, it's not beta anymore, right? We want to get out of beta, but it has to kind of, you know, we have, we have to get all these different things built out on the network. There's hiccups here. There's road bumps there. They're overcome, all that good stuff. But it doesn't seem like we found that beacon that resonates with the broader crypto community. Now, it's kind of weird because you could argue Solana really touts TPS as kind of their core, uh, their main attraction, right? The, the main roller coaster at the theme park. Um, and... I think that when it when it comes to Hedera, we're at a real I think we're at a really important spot right now where the community needs to decide um what's the introduction to the broader crypto space, right? Currently the 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 introduction to the crypto space is um hey, we can do a ton of transactions, the fees are incredibly low, they're fixed, 
and all that good stuff. And I don't know if that resonates with a lot of people in, 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 in other ecosystems. They get how impressive that is. But when it comes to, you know, certain applications, um, is it a significant pain point when they're weighing the pros and cons of Hedera versus another network? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, but it is safe to say that we're at a really interesting spot right now. And I think now, you know, communicating with each other, sharing information, healthy debate, all that kind of stuff I think right now is more important than ever uh, because we're searching, right? We're recalibrating. We're in scanning mode. You know what it reminds me of? It's when like Google Maps and your car is kind of like rerouting. You know, we've, we've kind of, we've been going on a route that ultimately is going to get where we want to go. Maybe it's not the path of least resistance. And of course, on the macro scale, when we look at Hedera, the governing council, the broader crypto ecosystem, the broader um, technology ecosystem, you know, it's like, is path of least resistance the best thing to do? A lot of people have been taking the path of least resistance and they're not here right now. So there's also that. So it's a fine balance. It's a conversation that has to happen. I, I talk about this a lot, right? There's these two different worlds. There's the Hedera swirled enterprise side there's the community, um, dev, artist, H barbarian side. How close can we get those together, right? Um, that's really what matters. So lots of healthy conversation. Um, there's definitely some unhealthy conversation, but as long as we're talking, gossip about gossip, right? Am I right? Tough crowd. And we're live on Twitter Spaces with another week in Hashgraph to unpack. Let's take a quick look about, or a quick look at what we're talking about today. Um, we're talking about leaderboards. Um, Hedera placed number one um, on a leaderboard in in very light yellow color. You can't really see us, which is kind of a bummer, but also number one spot. Very cool. Um, we're going to talk about meme coins a little bit. I mean, it's on everyone's mind. We're going to talk about some major updates from Hashpack and the store. What's that? We'll find out. Rob Allen from the HBAR Foundation um, is, uh, he calls himself a journeyman of the Hedera ecosystem and the journey continues. Um, Hedera Transactions website was showing five digit TPS. Um, what's that about? What was going on? We'll find out. Mance Harmon speaking at Duke University. Um, we're talking about a bubble stuff, of course, Hedera bubble. We're talking about diamonds. We're talking about regulations. We're talking about uh, ESG, ReFi, The Guardian. We're talking about uh, karate combat, uh, securing some of that sweet, sweet VC action. Um, and the HBAR Foundation, we got a couple of things. We got, we got a pretty stacked show. And of course, we'll talk to Hashpack. Um, if you need to keep, catch up on previous week's news, head over to itsbrandond.com slash hbar where you'll find past episodes. And with that, good evening from Ottawa, Canada, everyone. My name is Brandon Davenport, and I'm a developer, artist, and creative agency owner at Dirksen and Davenport Incorporated. And like all of you, I'm a Hashgraph enthusiast. It's Sunday, April 23rd, and there's a lot to talk about. As I said, welcome to Hashgraph News and Rivers, episode 73 from inside the bubble. I wanted to call it live from inside the bubble, but 
Alas, you can only make Space's title so long. I wish we could make them longer. This is a weekly show that covers the top stories related to Hedera, HBAR, and everything in between. Broadcast live on Twitter Spaces every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and made available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, every Monday. If you're listening live, check out the th Twitter thread pinned to the top of the Spaces to take a deeper dive into each story. Also, everybody listening, take a moment now to share the Spaces. Let your friends know you're listening. The more the merrier. They're not going to miss out. We're going to get to the story soon, so there's still time to get in. You can also click the little comment button at the bottom right of the spaces to ask a question or share something interesting that listeners might like to know, and I'll talk about it. Also a reminder to join the Hashgraph Enthusiast Twitter community. I think we're getting close to 825 members, which is awesome. It's a great way for Hashgraph newbies and early adopters and experts to connect, team up, share knowledge and insights, all that kind of stuff. And the show continues to grow from hundreds of listeners to thousands, and that's because of people that take the time out of their day to listen. It's probably one of my favorite things to do this show. It really is. My week kind of revolves around it, to be honest. <laughs> but I used to play in a band, and I love playing shows. This is kind of like, for me right now, this is kind of like playing shows. I love kind of presenting and all that kind of stuff. If you're interested in becoming a supporter of the show and joining me on this crazy journey, please consider making an HBAR donation. It helps me continually add value to the Hashgraph community and keeps the show ad-free. You can set a donation to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet, brought to you by listeners like you. Shout out to the community. Um, we've already raised uh, 3,000 HBAR and donations to the show just from, just from folks who listen. I mean, that's what I want to do. The show's got to get a little bit better, one foot in front of the other. Come into the bubble. I invite you. I know we have a bubble. We got to get out of it, of course. But come into the bubble with me. Let's go. Come into the bubble. And let's figure out what's going on in this bubble. Um, Metrica. Uh, this is the website that a lot of folks use to see what's going on in the network. I mean, you can look at price. Sure. You can read Twitter. Yeah. But also, you can actually look at the... Uh, the you can... You can... You can open up the chest of Hedera and look at the beating heart. Um, we've got uh, an average transaction TPS of just under 800. We did see some pretty steep drop-offs on the 19th and the 20th, which I think, from what I read, correlates a little bit to disbursements from the HBAR Foundation wallet to Avery Dennison, which obviously Atma.io driving the most transactions on the network. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we don't have time. Go back and listen to previous episodes. It's brandond.com slash hbar. An interesting stat is we did see, so there was a network upgrade. We had the time to consensus, which is the, the, the average time that a transaction will be, um, you know, will reach finality. And that was hovering just above five seconds. Um, and when we had that upgrade, we're now under five seconds. So we, I think you could average out, we saw a drop of about 0 0.2 seconds maybe. So nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, you know, that's that's it's pretty substantial. And maybe I'll go on the monthly view here just because, um, no, no, good. Uh, what else? What else we got that's of note? Um 
Yeah. I mean, it's the usual suspects. Nothing really crazy. Um, and let's check out Saucer Swap because this will bring us into our first topic. I just want to talk about meme coins real quick. Um, for people on other networks and other chains and stuff, I mean, we're all familiar with meme coin. I think there was a um, Pepe coin that did something, right? Uh, it it uh, mooned. Then there was a baby Pepe coin and that uh, gobbled up a lot of people's money. And, you know, we think about people, you know, people say it's a meme coin or it's a, you know, sometimes they call it a shit coin or whatever you want to call it. And Hedera is really interesting because Again, a lot of these assets, right? If we look at a meme coin on Hedera, like let's 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 maybe take Grelf as an example. This Grelf is a meme coin on Hedera, not financial advice, not endorsing it at all. Um, or here, actually, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Let me let me make up one. Uh, let's call it um, Pineapple Coin. So Pineapple Coin is a meme coin on Hedera, and you could easily categorize it. You know, as oh, it's a, there's a meme coin on Hedera, there's a meme coin on the net, on another network. Oh, very cool. The thing about meme coins on Hedera that that that, that is kind of similar to the NFT craze is oh, these are assets minted right to the L1, right, right to the protocol, right to the hash graph. These meme coins don't need to leverage a smart contract. They're very fast. They they inherit all the different benefits of an H bar. Um, and they behave in a very similar fashion. So you get all these benefits, things move really quickly. Um, and it can be very exciting to see um, on Saucer Swap and some of these other DEXs, some of the action on these, right? You might see, um, as I said, the made up one pineapple coin and it's up 100%. And you might be like, oh, that's incredible. But I don't want to get too into it. But I wanted to maybe give a message to people because I know there's a lot of folks on Hedera that maybe this is their first network that they've participated in. And it is worth mentioning that you're going to see these things more and more, right? But something really specific you need to keep in mind is when you look at one of these fun, goofy little coins that are maybe saying something on Twitter or are doing things in Discord or having an airdrop or an ICO or whatever, you always have to remember that not only is there a, a, a pretty small amount of liquidity in comparison to other networks like Ethereum in Hedera, but also in some of these meme coins, there's a very small amount of liquidity. There could be maybe, you know, four figures or, or low five figures TVL in some of these little meme coins. So some of these moves don't really actually mean anything. So there's nothing really to get that excited about. And also too, it's great that things move really fast, right? And it's great that there is a really low barrier to entry, but it also means that um, the ways in which these kind of scams and stuff can iterate and, and, and how quickly they can move through the ecosystem, it is a lot of noise, right? And that's how you should look at a lot of this is it's, it's a lot of noise. And, you know, sometimes you got the static channel on the TV and it's just buzzing in the background and it's cool, but you can, you can lose money in this. You can have your opinions on the community soured by it and, experiences on other networks where there's a lot more liquidity and a lot, a lot more at risk. Just look at what happened with, you know, that kind of, again, um, whatever it was called baby Pepe Pepe or whatever it was like these, these case studies are, are really an important thing to keep an eye on. If you're not familiar with these types of things, you know, H bar is one thing. 
Um, there are other use cases like Galaxy or Dovu or, um, you know, here, let me just look at the saucer swap page, even, you know, sauce or, um, let me see, stator, right? There's, there's these certain tokens that are from more reputable projects. Maybe they're doxed, all these different types of things. And then you look at one of these little meme coins and it's like, they're effectively the same product. They're using the same technology, but each of those coins can also be configured in different ways. There's different keys. They can be assigned to those coins that allow the creators to do certain things like freeze the coins in your wallet or remove them or all these different types of things. So what I'm trying to say is, I don't want to get hung up on this too much, but what I'm trying to say is we'll talk about this more. I might have some folks from this, you know, from the meme coin community come on the show to talk some things through, but I just wanted to make it clear that um, you're going to see this stuff, right? You're going to see these meme coins more and more. There's going to be more conversation around them, more confusion around them. Um, and if you're new to them, watch, right? It's entertaining, but be cautious, be careful. Don't, it's, it, you know, I think that it's, it's, you've heard this a thousand times. Don't invest anything that you're not ready to lose, right? And just be cautious. I'll give you a quick example. If you're holding a meme coin uh, on Hedera and it goes up in a huge way, there might not actually be enough liquidity to sell it, you know? So there's also that. So I'm trying to illustrate there's a lot of different nuances to this stuff that you might not be familiar with. Just really be careful. And like I was saying at the beginning of the show, talking to each other um, and communicating, that's really important. It can get a little messy at times, but that's what it looks like when a community learns sometimes. So don't shy away from that. And the other side to this too is just to just to illustrate the other side of the coin real quick is there is a benefit to these kinds of things, right? Um, I have seen in the past, again, not singling anybody out, um, you know, certain meme coins on Hedera capture the attention of folks on, let's say, other networks or um, even, you know, from outside of crypto saying like, oh, look how cool this, this is, look how fun this is, here's how to make a hashback. It does get attention. It does bring people together, right? Sometimes these can create communities if done in the right way. And also, um, you know, I think that for better or for worse, it's a box that kind of has to be checked, right? So um, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. It's something that's going to happen. Can't avoid it, um, but that's what it is. Now, I think the advice that I'd give is um if you if you were to see one of these and you were to think maybe I've got to make a decision about whether I want to get into this or what's it about all those kinds of things make sure you're always in a in a in a calm cool headspace that's the main tip that I can give is most of the time problems happen when you're in a stressed out headspace when you feel like there's some kind of pressure when you feel like you're in a rush, when you feel like you might miss out on something, if you're ever in that headspace, that's a really good time to check in with yourself and kind of be like, am I making the right decisions? Should I just take a walk, refresh my brain? It's not worth it. Uh, but it's fun. It could be a little goofy. So um, now uh, I'm going to bring out Hashpack because we got some stuff to talk about and I wanted to get to it right away because um, Hashpack, it, it's, it's been interesting with Hashpack. I mean, um, just, I mean, 
needs no introduction, but um, when we started on Hedera, we didn't have a lot of wallets right back in 2021. There were a couple here and there, but when we started to get things like NFTs and other coins and all these different types of things, a lot of the wallets were building in some of these features. Some came and went um, and Hashpack came along, really filled a need. They released the um, HashConnect SDK, Secure Trade, all these different types of things, really kind of community focused tooling, products and services. And it's, you know, they've done, they've done such a great job. Now, an article published yesterday is talking about a new product they want to bring into the fold um, called the store, which I find really interesting, but almost even, you know, almost more interesting is a new angle that we're seeing from Hashpack going a little bit from kind of that B2C, right? Business to customer to B2B, business to business. There's, a, there's some curious things happening behind the scenes. I don't know everything, um, but I do have um, Mark up here from Hashpack, Director of Operations. How are you doing? Really good to have you on the show. Hello, Brendan. Doing great. How about you? Doing very, very, doing very good. It's so funny. As soon as I saw that news drop, I was like, oh, I've got to get Mark on the show. I've got to, I've got to figure out like what's going on with this store thing. So I guess, I guess that's my question is, um, you know, may, maybe you can give us a little bit of a, of a summary of kind of what's this announcement? Um, from what I read, you know, you say our focus of the Hashpack store is to provide a curated collection of high quality utility driven NFTs that add value to your digital experience. So is this like a marketplace? Is it a launch pad? Um, is it, is it integrated into the wallet? Is it like a separate website? I'm really curious. Uh, let's unpack this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So first of all, yeah, thank you so much for, for having me here. Uh, I've been a long time listener and I always on Mondays when I wake up with my coffee, I like to, you know, to listen and, and, you know, catch up with all of the news, but yeah. So, um, so the store announcement, this is actually something that we've been working a lot uh, on for the past uh, months. So like you said, on your introduction, one of the things that in Hedera we're seeing is that we're kind of in, in this weird position where, you know, maybe there's a bubble, you know, it's, you can call it whatever you want, but everyone in Hedera is like very tight knit. The community is, is awesome, right? But we're always looking for more people to bring in and show them this amazing technology that we're working with, right? Another thing that you talked about was the, you know, how on Hedera, there's the whole thing with like Swirls, the foundation, um, and the enterprise focus, the governing council as well. And then there's a the community side. And one of the things that we're trying to, to do now is really merge those two together, which is something that, you know, you mentioned also in introduction. So this store is actually going to be integrated inside of Hashpack. Um, one of the things that, you know, it's been awesome to see over the the past year really has it, has been the increasing attention of NFTs in in Hedera really since, you know, for, you hit 412 and so on. It, it's been incredible. And also with the introduction of dynamic NFTs, it's incredible, right? The, the different things that you can do. NFTs are something that like we deeply believe in and we think that it's still so early that we're going to see so many iterations happen and it's really just going to keep surprising us. So I guess the store, the, the whole language around it in terms of utility, um, we're deep, deep believers in terms of in utility NFTs just because they unlock so many different things and 
and yeah, and we're, we're very excited um, to, to announce this. There's going to be more um, information coming early next week, maybe as soon as tomorrow. And and yeah, but that's that's I guess the the gist of it in terms of high level. Okay, really cool. So let me try to think about this. So as and I and I understand you can't you can't reveal too much, but in, indulge me as much as you can. And let me approach this from two sides. As a community member, right? As someone with my own NFT project, uh, NFT collector. What what would my experience be like with the store? What kinds of things would I be be doing on the store as like an H barbarian? So I guess there's two sides, right? So there's the um, creator side. So um, in terms of the creator side, there's the well. I mean, we've been working with you and so many other NFT projects and all the other um, projects building on Hedera. I mean, we launched the community side in late October of last year, and that was you know, already setting us on this trajectory to um, bring in more ways of, you know, allowing these creators to basically, I guess, express themselves in different ways, right? We have more things, like we have so much, I, I wish I could tell you, I could tell everyone everything that we're working I could, on. I could like, tell, Mark, Mark, I could tell you're doing the tightrope walks. So I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, but I guess so on the creator side, um, we really want to work with, you know, a bunch of, of, of the, you know, different community creators. And also we're working with a bunch of different companies just to really look at Web3 from like, from what it was meant to be when it first started, right? So Web3, I think that it's inevitable and, you know, it's gonna be like the evolution of the internet. But with that being said, we've struggled. I mean, Bitcoin came out in 2009, I think, yeah, 2000, yeah 2009. And we've seen great adoption, but, you know, we're still on the, I think it's like 250 million users worldwide throughout all of Web3, right? And out of those users, 250 million users, real web3 users the the percentage is still very small and we attribute this a lot to the community the, the user experience and also that although a lot of people talk about community and the importance of it we think that it's still lacking and when companies grow sometimes you're just so busy with so you know the, the next problem that you have to fix that you kind of forget about the community so since the beginning at hashback one of the things that really caught my eye when I first started talking to May and the entire team was, you know, this really close relationship that we have with all of the community members. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, th I talk to you, I talk to all of the different projects we're, uh, building on Hedera, and I also talk to the, to, you, know, you know, all the other fellow age barbarians. I mean, at the end of the day, every, everyone at Hashback, we're still retail users and we still enjoy, you know, getting our dead pixels, our hang hanging barboons, our pixel rugs, and, you know, engaging with DeFi and so on. And so, so, you know, this store is just another way of expanding this and making it even easier. So when, when, you know, we're, when we're talking with companies and we're talking, you know, to different enterprises, big brands, whatever you might, you might, you might want to think about, you know, one of the things that they really struggle with is like, okay, so like, what's it really the value proposition? Because we've seen a lot of companies in web two trying to come into web three and try to, un to try to, you know, launch their NFTs. But once they launch their NFTs, it's like, okay, like, so what? What's the next step, right? So actually, before joining Hashback two years ago, I was working with, and I don't know how many soccer players, soccer fans are in the audience, but there's this very big soccer player that uh, used to play for FC Barcelona, Andres, Andres Iniesta. And Andres Iniesta was one of the biggest, best, it's like, it's not Lionel Messi level, but like 
right over there. And I worked with them in releasing their NFT, their NFT project. But when the, the question that kept that we kept going back to was like, okay, so like, so what, right? Like, is this utilities, you know, is meeting this, um, this, you know, massive athlete, the only utility these NFTs can come that can bring. And, you know, although, you know, it was, it was great for the super fans and so on to me, you know, it, it still felt like it wasn't enough. So with this store, what we're trying to do is reimagine the way that utility comes and meets with NFTs and, and yeah, and we have so much planned, um, but, but yeah, it's still that, the, the, yeah, I, I can't say too much about it, I guess. So, and that's, what's really interesting to me. So that's, I think for what I, the, the sense that I'm getting is, I mean, Hashpack has mostly offered customer-based products and services, right? You're a wallet for the community, as you said, like, we'll call that kind of, you know, you're, you're doing this for your customers. Are we seeing a new kind of like B2B side of Hashpack? Like, are you guys going to be approaching your kind of business also kind of opening things up to working more directly with? Because that's what that's what you're seeing in the article is um, your you reference collaborations with companies, artists and developers. Like, can you elaborate at all kind of what those collaborations are and like how Hashpack is growing just it's it's very interesting to me like that that article definitely leaves a lot that you that you can't talk about yet but it's very clear that it, it feels like there's a new side of Hashpack almost like the, the right brain is now forming in Hashpack yes so so definitely so um so the way that, the way that we're thinking about it so right now we have the core like the way i see wallets is like the, as a core infrastructure almost like the way, gateway to engage with anything web3 related so like if you want to do anything in a purely decentralized way you need a wallet right so it's almost like it's it's a pivotal piece to any any company any projects um i guess value proposition into entering web3 so um you know, now that we have, you know, a very solid base with the retail side of things, one of the things that we're trying, like I was saying earlier, is really trying to marry those, those, those two sides, you know, those two sides of the brain together. We're trying to bring, you know, the very, very massively, yeah, massive enterprises and bring them closer to us. Um, one of the things that we've, you know, and, and I used to work with agencies, I used to, I used to uh, work in venture capital. So like, you know, when you talk to, you know, I have a lot of experience with working with enterprises and a lot, one of the things that I've been hearing a lot about from them is that the relationship between these massive companies and the, and the users are changing. So, you know, in the 1950s, you know, or when the TV came out, you know, that was the, the, the very, the only way that, you know, well, I guess there was like point of sale, but like the really one of the only ways that um, brands and companies could engage with their users. Then in, you know, over the past 10, 15, maybe even 20 years, the whole thing about, you know, around influencers really became a go-to strategy for a lot of these companies, right? But what, what is the, what, what's the problem now? So right now we're in, in terms of macroeconomic situation, we're in a position where it looks like we're heading into a recession. Interest rates are, are are up, and it looks like it's going to stay like that for a long time. So, if you talk to any investor, they will always tell you, when it looks like we're going to go into a recession, the first things to go is the marketing budget, right? So, what does that mean? 
so that these companies that were relying on influencers, now they're not being able to reach their end users. Those influencers are going and they're, and, and they're basically you know, taking the, their, those users with them. So when I talk to when we talk to these companies, what there's what they've identified is that they have to change this dynamic, and make the relationship between the user, and the and the brand's companies, a lot more direct. And we we strongly believe that this is where Web three comes in. We often talk in you know Twitter Spaces, Twitter Threads, and so on that we see Web three as a value add to current strategies. We don't think that companies should go and just make a siloed strategy that doesn't connect with their overall strategy and add a Web3 aspect of it. Because then we end up seeing things like, you know, this offshoot NFT drops that, yes, they launch and it's a great success, but then it just leaves you, leaves the, the users hanging and being like, okay, so what what's next, right? So I guess this is a, the long way of saying, yes, we're, we're, we're going to, we're, currently looking into the whole B2B proposition, um, we, we think that we have a very solid base and this store is just another piece to reaching this you know, long-term goal of onboarding the masses into Web3. And we're gonna need everyone's help. So what a better way to start, but you know, with the community and trying it out and seeing how everything fits together. That's amazing. Like, I, I like that. And the other thing too that's interesting is when I look at the Hashpack roadmap, right, um, you know, there, we always were, at one point, we were all waiting on the iOS app and then Secure Trade version 2 and all these different types of things. But, um, you know, the NFT store, like, wasn't something on the roadmap originally. And um, the roadmap, obviously, is, like, updated with a couple of things. And so is this something, and again, we don't know... Like you, you, you can't share enough to figure out exactly what we're talking about. I think, but I think everyone understands that, you know, what we can, what we can glean from this is kind of, there's a new side to Hashpack emerging. Um, and there's some big announcements coming off the back of, of the NFT store being, being announced. And it's kind of like, are these things, um, <clears throat> let me, let me try to phrase this. Were these things something that was on the team's mind during Hashpack's inception, or is this just some, is this just some like kind of like a stone that was unturned on your journey where you were like, oh, this is an opportunity or a problem that needs to be solved that we didn't even see coming. I'm I'm curious, um, like kind of what side these things come from. Yeah, so I guess let me preface this by. You know, when you when you start, you know, when you found a startup, when you start working on something, you never know if it's even, you know, if it's going to be a hit, if it's just, if you're going to close in two months. So, you know, when when we started growing and we started seeing, you know, success in the Hedera community, we started, you know, hearing from other communities and, you know, telling us how much they love the different, the, the UX and the approach that we were taking. And also, you know, the way that, we engaged with the, with the community, we realized that, you know, we had something, you know, like that, that we had something and like we were, we were cooking with gas, right, I guess, in a sense. And then from there, we started thinking, okay, so like what's next, right? But like we always going back to seeing, okay, so what's next? But like how do we take the next three or four steps without losing the essence of what's brought us here? You know, this essence, like I said, you know, is the community. That's at the end of the day, that's number one. 
And the other side is obviously, you know, the, the user experience, which is something that, you know, I will continue continually say, you know, obviously I'm, I'm part of the hashback team, but like having used multiple wallets, wallets, it's, it's something that like we're very proud of. And obviously, you know, the entire team takes, <laughs> should, should take all the credit for that because it's, it's, it's something that takes a lot of time. And, you know, when Jacobs goes back to the, to the, um, to the design board, it's like, okay, like, how do we make this? So, you know, the, 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 that one meme that's like, okay, so explain it to me, explain this to me like I'm five, right? And so, yeah, I guess it, it was something that we had in mind, but at the same time, as it, it, was, it was still, you know, there, there's priorities. You know, we had things, like you said, you know, back then, you know, we were, we, we were really focused on delivering on the iOS app. We're really focused on delivering the secure trade V2, the in-wallet swaps, and so on. And now, I guess this is just the next step. And you know, again, like we'd love to disclose the different stuff that we're working on, but at this time, it, it just it's just still too early. Hundred percent. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head there, where you really don't know what things are gonna what's gonna happen when you when you launch a startup and 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 get that you know minimum viable product out there. I mean. Hashpack, you know, for people listening is a great case study in how to do a Web3 startup in the Hedera ecosystem. Like when you guys started and, and the, the common advice for really any startup in, you know, the software space is develop your MVP, right? Minimum viable product and just put it out and see if people like it. And you don't need to worry about casting a wide net or doing some crazy marketing. It's just can we get 10 people using this thing and, and and have a consistent conversation with them and iterate on this? Maybe the wallet only does one thing, but at least it's something. Um, and then you just kind of build on that. And, you know, there's like, you know, nine business models out there that'll work for a company like this. And and you start to, you know, your product gets iterated and and it becomes a very mature product. And it sounds like you guys are starting to develop new kind of like taking the same approach and kind of um, throwing throwing a new minimum viable product into a new, um, you know, market for somebody new for a different problem with maybe a potentially bit of a different business model. And you're truly, you're, you, you know, the Hashpack company or organization is expanding, which is really exciting. And that's kind of the hope for a startup is throw something at the wall, it sticks, build on it. Um, and kind of work away. So, I mean, um, for anyone listening that's kind of doing a startup or building a project on Hedera, like go back, find whatever you can with Hashpack Journey, just because it's like a really great case study on like how to how to do a little startup thing and grow it into something where I I, I remember you guys went from being in a position where I don't know if you were part of a that, that those Hedera hackathons and stuff, and then went on to become a sponsor of them. So. Um, I've seen a couple different projects in the, and startups in the ecosystem take that kind of a, a scale of trajectory. And it's so exciting to see. So um, I think that for me, um, and I know you can't talk about a ton, but I think the last question I'll ask you is this. Maybe if we can get, if we don't, if we can't get a better idea of kind of what exactly it is, maybe we can get a better of idea of kind of like what what's the potential scope? Is this a big deal or is it kind of a more behind the scenes thing? Now, if we compare this to something like Hash Connect, right? A, you know, a very successful product you guys did, or Secure Trade or Secure Trade version two, obviously like monumental product in the ecosystem. 
with those two, is this new endeavor, like the store and some of these other things you're working on in, in regards to scale, you know, what's the, what's the comparison there? Maybe, maybe that can give us an idea of the impact we can expect from what you guys are doing. Yeah. So let me start by saying that, I mean, HashConnect, when that first launched, I mean, that was a momentous moment. That was the first time that we were able to connect to all the different apps in the ecosystem. So at that point, that was the, you know, one of the biggest things that we had going. Um, I guess without saying too much, uh, I'd say that, you know, this, this piece of the puzzle starts, I guess, a chain of events that could really be massive. Um, you know, I always say that if you want to eat an elephant, you have to eat it one bite at a time. I heard men's also say that, that you know, that saying one, that once, but that that's what we're going for. You know, we're trying to onboard, you know, millions and millions of people into Hedera. We're trying to bring value to traditional businesses through web through a web through web three in a way that it can only be done through web three and also in a way that you know it's transparent and it makes sense for the end user and the business so I, yeah i'll just leave it at that i guess you know this is just one small piece of the puzzle of the of the bigger picture right on i love that i mean you know growing the ecosystem getting outside of this bubble these types of conversations have been you know, the, even even like the lack of liquidity or different things like that, it's been, you know, an elephant in the room for the community. And uh, maybe you guys are going to take a couple bites out of that elephant, as you said. So I think that that, uh, that works out pretty well for the community. Now, before I let you go, um, I'm interested to, uh, to see um, if there was anything else you wanted the community to know or anything you wanted to, uh, you wanted to plug Um you know, before I before I uh, I, I, uh, I drop you off here, and we do have um, a surprise guest here, but uh, Mark, maybe I'll give you a minute here just before I go over to uh, H Graph. Yeah, so I guess the the last thing it would be to check out the coming announcement in the next couple of days. Um, there's going to be a lot more information dropping along with the announcement yesterday, um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, if anyone has any questions um, and wants to reach out, wants to talk, our DMs are always open. Our Discord is always open. So feel free to reach out. And I guess I'll just end it by saying that what I, st- what I started with, you know, at the end of the day, NFTs, we strongly believe in NFTs and we believe that utility is one key part of NFTs. And we have a, a new spin in terms of utility. And, you know, in the coming days, in the coming weeks, um, you know, we'll, it will become more evident to the rest of the community. But yeah, Brendan, thank you so much for your time. And yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. Awesome. I appreciate it, Mark. I'm going to throw you back down to the uh, to the listeners there. Um, and yeah, I think that's exciting. And and uh, yeah, keep an eye on it. I mean, I, I was honestly a little bit surprised by the announcement. Delighted. Very curious about it. I know a little bit more now. And I guess we're going to have some more news early, early, uh, early this week. So looking forward to it. Um, I'm assuming I've got patches on the line here, live from Consensus. How's it going? Hey, you do have patches, um, but it's more live from where I always am. I'm, I'm heading out right. uh, Tuesday, Tuesday morning in the in the early morning. I'll be on my way to Consensus. That's ex- that's exciting. Well, it's awesome to have you up here. I guess I got my dates mixed up. Consensus is I thought it was happening on a weekend. Um, that's that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, what what's new? You got you got something to chat about, or are you just uh, popping up to uh, to say hi? 
Oh, we got something to chat about. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm I'm not gonna do you know hashpack. I, I really appreciate the art of um, giving as much information as you can and not giving away information you shouldn't, uh, as it is difficult because we are right on the eve of a convention and we have um, you know you just gotta tell that line for moments to be moments. So um, we are at HGraph. Um, kind of doing a little bit of a rebranding for consensus. Um, we are no longer, you know, just HGraphIO. Um, HGraphIO is, is more of our, our GraphQL API um, section. Um, it's still the website, uh, but we're, we're sort of trying to take another step in uh, broadening what we can do for the Hedera ecosystem, ease of use, and on onboarding uh, the masses. And we have an extremely sleek demo that will be released in the next couple of days um, that will demonstrate uh, exactly what we've been working on, um, some, some great people we've been working with, and um, how, how we see the future of onboarding. And our goal was to be prepared for Consensus 2023 to have this sleek demo and say, this is, this is Hedera Raw. This is the benefit right here on the counter. You don't have to dig through docs. You don't have to the user interface, everything is right here. What do you think? And um, and we're trying to become, you know, the the simplifier of means uh, when it comes to developing with this amazing technology. And um, you know, we have, yeah. So I'll stop there. Otherwise, I think I'll start saying things that I shouldn't. But that's, um, yeah. Those are the things that we're talking about, and we're really excited for Consensus twenty twenty three. I love that. This is the I should have called uh, this episode the uh, public relations tightrope walk um, with Patches and Mark. Um, let me see if I can, if I can uh, pull a couple of things here. So this is really interesting. I love that. Um, let me think here. So what comes to my mind is something I think that I think about a lot um, in this ecosystem that I think people need to do more. I love that you're doing a demo is I don't think people understand how true it is in the technology space, right? Because ultimately this is a, you know, if a lot of people that, that are listening and, you know, Hashpack and HGraph, it's like, these are technology companies. Hedera is a tech, you know, multi-billion dollar technology unicorn. And in the tech world, you live or die by your demo, right? And I love hearing that you're working on a really great demo and I'm putting my, in. I don't, again, I don't know how much you could talk about, but I'm putting myself in the situation of I'm at a conference. Um, we're, 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 you know, we're standing together. Is this a demo that's kind of like an in-person kind of thing? Is this a demo that can be done like remotely? I'm really in kind of like what, um, what solution to a problem does the demo illustrate? Like I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out more of what it's about without forcing you to kind of divulge too much. Yeah. So in, in my career, I've learned that if you're going to do something, build it to be modular, componentized, and reusable so you can reuse 80% of it, um, especially when you're a startup, because that, those extra cycles really, really help. So what we've built is a demonstration that we think is going to be extremely poignant to people in enterprise who have needs and they have problems. And those problems come from standard under, like standard blockchain standard web three solutions. Um, and we will be able to give someone a link and they'll be able to do the demo on their phone completely asynchronously. 
It is a demo that you can do in person. And then there's a little bit extra added to the demo where I can show the behind the scenes admin panel and what's just happened. Um, and if this is done right, there will be a demo that anyone can actually go through and experience uh, at the conference or even just on the website at hgraph.io. Uh, that last part's still up in the air, but because um, we, uh, we just have to put in a separator of where the information's coming from, you know, like a query or just to understand the source, but that's nuance no one cares about. We got demos, they're in person, they're remote, they're in the booth, eight, 822, booth 822, Consensus 2023 will be there. Patches, HGraph, it'll be fun. That's epic. Okay, so this is really interesting. So I guess is is it a situation where maybe you can't you like you can't talk about what exactly this demo is yet? It's it's just like um, you know you spend like a year perfecting a magic trick and then the people that really care about the show show up two hours early and it's like you could just peek behind the curtain and be like hey this is what we've been working on but then it loses some of that like right when you just you know just show them the magic show. Uh, so uh, I don't know if that's the best analogy, but that's what I went with. And that's, that's sort of it. It's more of a, yeah, it's more of a, what, what is this? And, and try to make it a moment um, than just kind of roll it out and be like, isn't that cool? You know? <laughs> Damn. I have a feeling that this week's episode of, of the um, Hashgraph Enthusiast News and Rumors show just happened like 72 hours too early. It's, it sounds like in literally a couple of days, like, uh, you know, at least two, you know, like uh, startups in the ecosystem are about to drop some of their coolest stuff. And I'm like, ah. but I'll get, I'll get you guys next Sunday. I'll probably be talking about those new stories next Sunday, but that's super exciting, man. I mean, um, you know, it, it, you know, folks listening, I mean, um, booth 822, HGraph.io, patches. Um, what more is there to say? He's got a very top secret, very exciting demo. If you're enterprise, go check it out. Um, but but that's awesome, man. Now I get maybe before I let you go, I'll ask you a similar question that I asked Mark. In 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 regards to like a lot of people in the in the ecosystem know patches, right? And we often equate, you know, we've got the Turtle Moon launch pad, we've got um the the GraphQL stuff that you've built. Uh, we've got like the the NFT code claiming stuff, and we've got voting, and you've you know put out these different modular products. And I'll, in the same fashion, I asked Mark like with this new demo of this potential, I guess, new product, like just kind of figuring the scale of it, and and kind of figure out what the impact is going to be in comparison to the other major products you've put out to the ecosystem this new one that you're kind of working on, like where does it stack up? Yeah, that's, a, that's an extremely good question. Question. Um, it's, I think the biggest differentiator, which then differentiates the impact and, and you know, uh, vertical people that would, would notice is that this is, this is not a consumer, direct to consumer product. Um, you know, Turtle Moon, we have the, the voting right now with Woke Femmes, which we put on this week. Uh, 131 people voted. It's all recorded on HCS. Um, very, very cool to have uh, you know a partnership with a NFT -er. um, use use our platform, and that's you know that's again a, a pretty contextual thing for users in the space. And we've done a lot of experimenting, testing, learning, building. This is, I think, 
it's a it's a moment. It's a change again in, in the, uh, HGraph.io's branding to HGraph, and it's a change in what is this product target market, and and this this specific product target market, which makes sense because you know we're going to consensus, which is you know one of the uh, precursors to why this made sense to really put some energy in this. But um, if the impact is wide then it's exponentially bigger because if you make an impact to 10 people who really like your minting platform, that's 10 people, maybe to 20. If you get an impact of two major enterprises that now want to use Hedera because you've shown them the benefits without them having to think at all, that's, that's an, that's a completely different equation. Um, and so again, if you've heard me talk over the last, you know, bear market six months, um, I feel like you, none of this is new. None of this is, is surprising. Um, I've always kind of talked about, uh, what I thought was important. And then, I mean, it's safe to assume that's what I'm working on. So um, yeah, this is, this is going to be a really cool week. It's going to be a really cool moment. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's looking really, really bright. And I think this is, this is just a, I don't want to say the word moment again, because I've said so much in recording. I usually like non-recorded spaces, then I can just <laughs> ramble all the time. But well, it's this is the worst too because it goes out to Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. So that is many moments. It's moment to moment. Amazing. That's good. At least I can fail on multiple platforms when it comes to thinking and learning. Uh, I, I love it, man. That's exciting. Okay, great. So uh, uh, booth A twenty two, H graph, um, demo going down. If you're uh, if if you're uh, an enterprise. Get get your butt down to booth eight twenty two uh, and 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 get back to me and tell me what the heck it's all about. So I'm curious, but really like really appreciate you hopping up, man. It 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 definitely feels like there's some uh, big moves being made by some of these uh, OG startups on Hedera. I love it. Yeah, the time is now. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, just for clarity, eight twenty two is the Hedera booth official, and we will be there working, helping developers and people understand and uh, yeah, doing demos of HGraph. So. Yeah, hope to see you guys there. Sounds like a par sounds like a party. That's amazing. All right. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you coming up. For sure. Cheers. All right. So I'm noticing a bit of uh I'm noticing a bit of a trend here. Um with some of these industry conferences coming up, seasons changing, month into the quarter two, um TPS is rocking on the main net, lots of debate and conversation in the ecosystem. There's a lot of energy that needs to be focused. We're in a bear market, recessions coming, all of these different um, complementary and opposing energies and all these things. It's it's interesting because I think a product of that is um, going back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. And I promise we'll we'll get through the news and everyone can get to, you know, dinner or bed or whatever they have to do. I promise you, I'm gonna go as quick as I can. But Back to my original analogy at the top of the show, which is these kind of two worlds that's very interesting to me is, um, right, enterprise, swirled, Hedera, governing council side, community, startup, project, H-Barbarian side. Um, it appears to me as if some of these 2021, 2022 Hedera ecosystem startups are expanding slash pivoting to enterprise more. And a lot of folks, you know, like Patches, like Mark, have those skill sets and ability to do these different types of things. They took the right approach. They they put out, you know, those minimum viable products to the community. 
And now they're kind of scaling things out, whether it be in a different brand, a different project under an umbrella, what in a, in a, in a backpack, whatever it has to be. Um, and it, and it does seem like there is not only a potential, um, startup and community project ecosystem continuing to flourish, but there also is potentially enterprise use cases, enterprise grade, um, companies emanating from the community. That's, I think something that might be a little bit overlooked for some people is there's a whole new thing happening. And I think we're just starting to see the beginning of it. Um, that's exciting to me. That's really interesting that I got those two guys on the show because it's kind of the same vibe, right? It's like, we're, we're going, we're branching in, we're, we're connecting some two worlds together. We're making it happen. I dig it because there's bubbles inside bubbles. I had this conversation in discord. We've got, you know, Hadir is a bubble, um, amongst other bubbles, right? Inside of a bubble, the Hedera bubble, the Ethereum bubble, the Solana bubble, the XRPL bubble. And then those are inside the crypto bubble. And that's inside the technology bubble, all these different types of things. But I think we also have bubbles inside the Hedera bubble, right? Let's join up some of those bubbles. If I say the word bubble one more time, I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. Leaderboards. Um, Hedera came in number one, right? Uh, in <clears throat> crypto quarterly, uh, they, they do like a, you know, quarterly report of the top 25 cryptos or networks or assets. And uh, we got some pretty big green numbers. Um, number one, HBAR, the 90-day growth of transact daily active transaction count grew by 2500% over 90 days and 2200 over the over one year so obviously that was the you know quote unquote step function in January that we saw that that you know shot Hedera up um, in number of transactions we will be approaching 10 billion transactions fairly soon in the coming months which is exciting <clears throat> and um, when Crypto Quarterly published these leaderboards with, you know, Hedera at number one, Solana at number two, TRX at number three, Algo at number four, BNB at number five, and then the other usual suspects filling out the list, um, we did see another tweet from them that was interesting. <clears throat> and quote, the tweet says, honestly, when we do these reports every quarter, there's always one or two that catch us off guard with some stats that really stick out when we're putting them together that we can't wait to present to the public. HBAR was one of these for us this quarter. Massive jumps everywhere. And they also published kind of their more detailed breakdown on HBAR specifically. Um, and it does appear that, um, you know, of course, TPS isn't something that grabs the attention of the broader crypto retail community. But... It is something that when contrasted to other networks, definitely grabs the attention of some, and this information can for sure uh, get out there, right? And I think that, you know, we have seen some missed opportunities in this respect. I can't remember the exact name of the service, but 
there are all of these data aggregating services for um, crypto assets, right? In regards to price or TVL or use cases or accounts or what have you. And um, most publications utilize particular ones for their articles. And that's how they pull data for these top 10 threads and top 10 articles and stuff. And a lot of times the community will kind of see um, one of these articles put out and Hedera's missing. And it's like, well, why wouldn't they include Hedera? And again, a lot of these publications use these aggregate services and Hedera isn't included in some of these aggregate services. So some of the publications don't get that information. So it's just something to highlight that there definitely needs to be more of an effort made or maybe um, it's just challenging, but a lot of these services that provide data to these publications, you know, they should, we should have Hedera included in that because it's going to get in, us into more of these um, reports and, and uh, you know, community initiatives. So, um, you know, something to check out, something to look at. Big news as well from uh, Rob Allen, moving from the HBAR Foundation to the Hashgraph Association. Um, the Hashgraph Association is a Swiss... Um, you know, uh, kind of like a little bit more VC, very aggressive. Um, and they, they function much the same as the HBAR foundation. Uh, the, the, the Hashgraph Alliance has been around as long as the HBAR foundation. So they're really kind of, I, I guess you could say, I wouldn't say equal, but I could say very similar in regards to their focus and strategy and approach, but in other ways, very, very different in regards to um, the vision and what they're, what they're doing. And, you know, we've, we've had Rob Allen on the show talking about his work at the foundation and some of the things in the, in the, uh, in, in the, you know, refi. And we were talking about Tolem Earth and the redefinition of DeFi and all these different types of things. Great interview. Go back and listen to it on uh, it's brandond.com slash HBAR. But um, in this, uh, recent interview he had with the HBAR bull um, on this week's video, uh, there were some key points from it, and he he talks about kind of his journey, but also there's some there's some great tidbits. So I'll go over a couple of these from my notes. So um, he's you know Rob Allen is stepping into kind of an executive director role at the Hashgraph Association, um, and it is worth noting that you know Rob Allen is really kind of like an OG H barbarian, right? He's he was in these early Telegram groups. Um, talking about HBAR just as an investor, being excited. <clears throat> he went on to um, operate in the governing council when he was at FPOS, and then, of course, moved into the HBAR Foundation and now moving on to the Hashgraph Alliance. And he talks about, you know, being a journeyman of the hash of the Hedera ecosystem and also that he's kind of like a nomad. He doesn't stay anywhere for longer than two years. Um, and you know, a lot of the interview with the H bar bull again, you know, the other brand and the H bar bull, I mean, OG of OGs and the ecosystem. So they're reminiscing a lot about different things. Um, and Rob Allen was also a part of the working group within the governing council that was responsible for the RFP for the H bar foundation. So he was also an integral part of the formation of the HBAR Foundation as well. Um, but he likes fresh ideas. Um, and 
he talks about um, you know a bit of a different approach that the association takes, but also the fact that they're being really aggressive in enterprise web 2.5, these really complex use cases. Um, and you know, it, it is worth saying that some of those things kind of go against the, uh, the narrative that we really need more focus on retail and all these different types of things. But, um, Rob says, you know, um, these big use cases will drive the next phase and they need a lot of support. And I guess what he's referring to is um, some of these um, slow-moving, again, big complex use cases. And, and to affect what he's saying is, sure, we're not going to see the results from these immediately or very quickly, but we have to get them started now. Um, and you know, he highlights there needs to be more engagement with business sponsors. There needs to be a focus on business strategies because a lot of these enterprises kind of, as Mark from Hashpack was saying, is it's not really clear what this Web3 stuff is about. So you really have to approach it from a business strategy um, you know, aspect and talk a little bit about are there opportunities for Web3 to come in? Um, he also, you know, Rob also says, you know, there's a lot of internal politics that need to flow. And he said, you know, quote, I'm quite good at that. So... That's another aspect is there's a ton of internal politics with these enterprises. There's a lot of um, give and take. There's, you know, with a lot of them, there are shareholders, there's there's large boards. So Rob is a really good person to navigate those waters and make those kinds of things happen. And if he can do it in an environment that's a little more aggressive, um, these kind of, again, slow moving enterprise use cases, I think a little bit about what he's trying to get at is, can we have these be not as slow moving? Um, which which makes sense. And uh, he says that there are definitely patterns that have been identified with use cases that have come online on the network that can be aligned with business strategies. So now that we've seen things like Atma.io and, and Toco and, you know, a lot of these enterprise use cases live on Hedera now, what he's kind of saying is we have a little bit of a roadmap now that we can overlay on some of these other enterprises, current business strategies and go, is there, is there an, an alignment here, which is really interesting. Um, now, you know, the H bar bull Brandon, he was, you know, he was making a point that, you know, we're going to see a lot of initial success come out of the ecosystem with grassroots startups. Um, great example, right. Is Hashpack and HGraph and some of these different, um, things emanating out of the ecosystem. Um, but also too, Rob says, um, you know, he does say the original unicorns will show themselves, right? Uh, obviously referring to some of these different things we're seeing, um, but the incumbents will help us get there. Some will pivot and reestablish their dominance by leveraging Web3. So what he's basically saying is there's these new technologies available now um, and uh, enterprises that want to remain competitive will leverage these new technologies, right? It's the same as the internet coming around or certain things like that. Um, the first to be early adopters of new technology and integrate them in with their business strategies are going to be more competitive. So um, now there's also some other really interesting things that Rob is talking about. And he, and again, he comes across as very forward, very aggressive with this is he's like, um, not only can each governing council member get their use cases live, but each governing council member could have multiple use cases. Um, 
he also says um, that, you know, the Hashgraph Association aims to grow and scale the adoption of Hedera technology um, at the enterprise level through partnerships, alliances, and training. Right now, they have plans to facilitate about 40 enterprise use cases per year. Um, and I think that there's a new level of confidence that I've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks that I'm seeing is um, there is a new level of confidence. It does seem a little bit disjointed to what's happening in the community. Maybe there's a sense of does, you know, Hedera, the foundation, the Hashgraph Alliance, is there something coming down the pike that we're not aware of yet that brings this type of confidence? Who knows? Uh, but that's what I get from this interview is there's some, there, there's some of those key insights, some very bold perspectives, um, a lot of confidence and moves being made. Um, and I think that, you know, shout out to Rob, just as, you know, from one H bar variant to another, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to see people moving through. We have seen many people from the ecosystem as well, like, um, start working for some of these startups and, and, uh, all, you know, swirls as well themselves. So. Um, really good stuff. Love it. Um, quick note, we did see the Hedera transactions website. So Hedera TX, uh, TXNS uh, is a website where you can go and kind of see a live count of the current TPS. It's just rocking at just over 700 right now, but it was at five figures and we didn't know why. I went on the website and I saw 30,000 transactions per second. And I was like, oh my goodness, um, what's going on? And the creator of the website posted this quote, unfortunately, just a glitch. I switched mirror providers and had some issues accessing the API mirror referring to mirror nodes. Seems to have been resolved now that I've added some additional logic to prevent zero TPS or crazy TPS numbers showing if there's an issue with fetching data from the mirror node. So it's just a glitch, but it, when this kind of went out, um, it just, I saw how hungry the Hedera community is, um, and kind of the energy. So it's cool, but <clears throat> it's a glitch. Um, maybe it'll be true one day, but not today, folks. Um, Mance Harmon is at the Duke University Web3 Conference on Overcoming Obstacles to Mass Adoption of Public Ledgers. Interesting topic. It sounds a lot a lot like what the community is talking about. And there was some clips posted to Reddit. I also saw um, one of the like, like marketing or biz dev guys from uh, Unstoppable Domains was there, posted a clip. Uh, okay, really cool. So Mance is out there. Uh, that's one thing is... is a key criticism from the community is Hedera lacks kind of a figurehead, uh, a mascot, if you will. <clears throat> and other networks have those, of course. Um, Lehman, I guess, kind of used to be that. We don't really have one anymore. It's a little bit of a faceless organization. Now, I will say that there is a benefit to that, right? Um, when When things get tough, it is helpful to not have a figurehead getting in arguments on Twitter. It is helpful, but also too, it does limit the sense of community and kind of rallying around somebody. So it's good to see Mance out there. Um, they're, they're still rocking it, but I think that, you know, we need a little more of that. So 
It'd be great to see uh, Mance and Lehman and really just those two guys. Like on space is more something. I mean, um, I will, I will literally do a backflip if if Lehman comes on as a guest for this show. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not often nervous, you know, doing shows like this and stuff like that. But I'll tell you, I will be shitting my pants if I'm interviewing Lehman on Hashgraph News and Rumors. Um, I'd lose my mind. I think it would be really great. I've, I think it would be an awesome conversation, but I get why those guys can't do a ton of that stuff. They got a lot of pressure. They got a lot of people, um, looking to them and they can't talk about a lot. They, they, they can't be on interviews where they're not aware of what the questions might be. My show might not be fit. I don't do pre-questions. I mean, if someone wants to know the questions in advance, I'm kind of like, well, uh, unfortunately I have no idea what the questions are either. Um, I'll know what they are when we do the show. It's a kind of a stream of consciousness thing. And a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. So and I think a lot of, um, you know, these podcasts and spaces are kind of like that. And that's part of this disconnect is it's kind of like, hey, Hedera, like, do you have anybody that, that uh, you know, is high up that can hop onto spaces and stuff and just kind of chat and be able to deal with um, unknowns and curveballs and stuff you know so might need a little bit of that on the other end um we did see on i believe it was thursday or wednesday um hedera was number three in the top 10 uh cryptocurrencies by uh galaxy score from lunar crush galaxy score is trademarked i don't know what galaxy score is but it sounds very advanced and exciting um, but we were number three, another leaderboard. Um, and this is in regards to engagement, um, you know, uh, penetration in the crypto community. Um, so that puts us, you know, we've got Bitcoin there. We had XRP. Um, we had Ethereum. You know, we had all these different assets. H, you know, Hedera is there. HBAR was there. I mean, I'm consistently seeing Hedera trending on Twitter. Now, of course, I understand that a lot of what I see trending is tailored to me. So um, a lot of people outside of the, you know, Hedera bubble may not see that. Um, it might just be a little bit of confirmation bias. Yet again, um, you know, it is worth saying that progress is progress. Can we keep it up? Can we keep growing? Can we keep expanding? Um, let's see what happens. I will give a pro marketing tip to people though. It, it, including more than one hashtag in a tweet can sometimes affect reach. This is a little, uh, nut I'm trying to crack. I mean, of course, if the tweet's really hot and really cool, it doesn't really matter what's in it. It'll take off. But if, if you're trying to get reach, it's tough. I mean, if you're including, you know, hashtag Hedera, hashtag Solana, hashtag Ethereum, hashtag Bitcoin. Sometimes Twitter can, you know, knock reach on that a little bit. Might see it as a bit spammy. A strategy I might try to employ is, can I keep it to one or, or two hashtags and maybe do a post a little more geared to Ethereum, a little more geared to a specific community? Sometimes it's really important to speak to a particular audience. Um, so I'm going to try doing that. I'm going to try to, I've been seeing People do a lot of really great outreach in regards to sharing news about Hedera and trying to um, connect it in or loop it in or bring it into the context of other communities. 
Um, I'm going to try doing a little more piecemeal and see how that goes, but well, we'll see how it goes. Um, very interesting uh, uh, update uh, regarding diamonds. Um, <clears throat> Diamond standard. Uh, I got to be honest. I was talking about this last week and I had absolutely no clue what I was talking about. It was one of those moments where I was just like literally looking at the article there wasn't a ton of substance in it. I was like, I don't even know how this relates to Hedera. I, I my brain can't even process this. I really dropped the ball on this. Um, and uh, actually, a quick before I forget, um, something else that I dropped the ball on just on that topic is last week um, we were talking about again the kind of this bubble stuff, and we were talking about mirror nodes being a potential kind of bottleneck for the ecosystem, and I was like. Hedera only has one mirror node. And King Solomon was like, whoa, that's crazy. Why is that? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, and I didn't know. I was supposed to be talking about public node. There's one, there's, there, there's one of those. And there's all sorts of really great mirror node providers out there. There's two, right? One we just spoke with, HGraph. There's also Archaea that is also a really great mirror node provider. Um, so if you took anything I said to heart last episode regarding mirror nodes, um, quick little, uh, men in black flasher memory eraser, right? Uh, forget all that. Um, the mirror node situation on Hedera is not bad at all. There's providers you can use. They're really great. Go check them out. Um, now back to the most recent thing that I flubbed on regarding diamonds. It turns out that there's actually a lot that's happened with this diamond standard use case. And I want to touch on it again because um, referencing the recent um, HBAR bull video from yesterday, um, that, that kind of had a clip of an interview that, that Brandon had with the folks at Diamond Standard. All of a sudden I was like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. So... Um, Flipping back, October 11th, 2022, there was an article published on the Diamond Standard website that kind of talks about Hedera, why it's great, how they're leveraging it, all these different types of things. Um, that's in the thread. Check it out. It's a great little refresh. But what is Diamond Standard? What is this? Um, well, they're creating a new market. Um, and basically, Diamond Standard unlocks diamonds as an investable asset for the first time by standardizing diamonds using computer science. So basically, um, they have 4,000 funds, investors, and community offices currently investing in their products. And they've created a physical commodity in the form of a coin, like a physical coin and a bar, with each containing the same geological content, right? basically saying that there's there's multiple diamonds in each of these coins and bars, but basically saying there's the exact same amount of diamond in each of them, effectively making them fungible, right? And uh, they basically, they make them equivalent and tradable at the same market price. So diamond standards has been approved by the CFTC regulated futures and options and they are developing ETFs, um, exchange-traded funds. Uh, so the uh, Hashgraph technology was essential for providing 
the uh, equivalence of the assets and enabling efficient transactions. And Diamond Standard has key patents for price discovery and standardization of individual assets, which can be applied to various assets like crypt, uh, carbon credits, real estate, and bonds. So, th so they're starting with diamonds, but they're also talking about some other kind of financial products. They're exploring the possibility of standardizing other gemstones, such as emeralds, sapphires, and rubies, by aggregating them into a larger unit. Uh, they initially used Ethereum, but switched to Hedera due to high unpredictable gas fees. And also, you know, I think that Again, playing devil's advocate, this whole kind of governance model, enterprise grade things, security, reliability, low predictable fees, yada, 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 that retail doesn't care about. These folks care about. I, it's a major selling point. Um, and the diamond standard relies heavily on the Hedera token service, smart contract service, and consensus service using KYC capabilities. Um, and they're actually launching a fungible token called BitCarbon. So BitCarbon offers an alternative to stable coins, providing a stable and inflation hedged asset backed by physical commodities, right? Diamonds. Investors can get involved with Diamond Standard by buying the commodity using BitCarbon as a payment medium or participating in their upcoming payment platform. Um, and, you know, this is, this is, you know, just quickly touching on the, on kind of my previous point here, which was talking about carbon credits. Um, when we talk about TVL, when we talk about other metrics of the network, this is really fascinating and exciting to me because I want to reference something that Scott Teal from DLA Piper said, I believe last year. He said, you can talk about TVL for a network for sure, but you can also talk about TVR, right? Total value represented that expands outside of um, just crypto assets. And there's, a, you know, again, there's, you know, carbon credits, real estate, bonds, securities, debt, all these different types of financial instruments and products that are tokenized on Hedera right now that arguably could largely outweigh the amount of TVL. And again, when we when we look at the broader crypto ecosystem and we look at retail, TVR, nobody cares. It's TVL that people care about. And again, this is just part of this soup this counterintuitive nature of Hedera being a hundred year organization in an ecosystem that thinks every, you know, in five minute increments. Um, this is really cool. Is re I always, I, I kind of want to look at things through this lens now. Is the broader crypto ecosystem going to look at announcements like Diamond Standards as exciting? This wasn't even on my radar, right? Um, now, on the flip side, is this going to be really huge for Web3, yeah, of course, but it's on the enterprise side. It's not going to excite retail. So we really have to look at these things from two angles now. And I'm going to try to do that more going forward. Um, I think that, um, you know, as the title of the space says, from inside the bubble, um, I'm inside the bubble. I I, I think the, the, the first step to going outside the bubble is first admitting you're inside the bubble. Um, I want to invite people inside the bubble. Uh, the bubble is not a bad place, but you have to venture out and you have to look at things from outside the bubble. Um, I'm going to try to do that more on the show. This is, you know, hash graph news and rumors. You know, it's not hash graph and other things, news and rumors. I try to keep a focus. But now our focus is we're going to be looking at it from different angles from now on, which I think is important. So diamond standard.
Um, regulations, uh, just some quick updates. So regulations, uh, wowie, scary stuff going on. Um, lots of strange things. Gary is, uh, very nervous. Um, and it's not very clear exactly what's going on over at the SEC. Um, a lot of people are confused and upset. There was a man with a bow tie questioning Gary that seemed upset. There was also another gentleman that was questioning him. Um, uh, and he was also upset as well. In both instances, uh, Gary was very nervous. And I think that um, when I'm talking about Gary Yensler from the uh, SEC. Um, Brian Armstrong and Coinbase were meeting in D.C. with Congress. Uh, Bitrex accused of operating as an unregistered securities exchange. Dash and Algorand mentioned as examples of securities. And Algorand is considered a close competitor to Adira. Um, I mean, there are differences in governance structures and ecosystems, but I mean, uh, yikes. I mean, that's a little bit spooky. Exchanges are delisting Algorand after the lawsuit concerns about HBAR potentially facing a similar situation. I mean, it makes you wonder. I think that when we look at Hedera, it's like they didn't do an ICO. But, you know, Manson Lehman, we hate how boring they are sometimes and we wish they'd kind of pop off on Twitter more. Is that good in this situation? I don't know. Is the strategy of keeping your hands and feet inside the roller coaster at all times and not having in fun at not having any fun or screaming? Is that the right strategy for Adara going through this regulatory roller coaster? I don't know. Um, Gary Gensler testified before Congress. That's what we were talking about. He's very nervous and getting grilled by a couple people. Um, he doesn't really directly address Ethereum. I mean, he said that Bitcoin isn't a security. I think that's the main uh, point of contention is. He specifically stated Bitcoin is not a security, but won't talk specifically on other assets, which is strange. Um, and also, uh, I mean, regulation in the U.S. needs to have some more progress. I mean, a lot of this innovation is being pushed offshore. Um, I mean, frustration in the industry is kind of at an all-time high. I mean, Coinbase is considering moving to the U.K. Um, and the other side to this, too, is we've got folks like, Hester Pierce and other representatives arguing in favor of cryptocurrency um, during these congressional hearings. And also, we got Brian Brooks joining the Hedera board. Brian Brooks, of course, is very famous for going to these committee hearings. He's somebody who can, he, you know, he is the regulatory whisperer. He's someone who's really great at explaining these different types of things, articulating ideas, putting things into context, driving things forward. So especially with what's happening now, Brian Brooks is a huge asset to the Hedera board um, and you know the company's involvement you know Hedera I shouldn't call them a company the organization's involvement um, in the summit for democracy could potentially improve the perception um, of crypto I mean we talked about that a couple episodes ago that the Department of State for the US government Hedera was um, leading conversations within a working group, I guess, uh, in regards to, um, you know, crypto adoption and bridging gaps between um, all sorts of different folks that maybe aren't as involved in crypto as they should be. And it really makes you think, you know, there's a whole other side to this. Is Hader well positioned? I mean, they're as well positioned as they could be. Um, so we'll just have to see. But that's really kind of the regular the regulatory stuff um i don't want to get too deep into the woods it's honestly um not my 
not an area of competence for me. Uh, but it's, it's sometimes there's just so many things happening. I, I just have to surface a couple of key points. Um, now, back on the topic um, of, uh, of of bubbles is another article published by community member um, Cameron on Medium. <clears throat> he uh, publishes an article titled The Decentralization Dilemma. Hedera Hashgraph struggled to attract developers despite impressive upgrades. I'm not going to dive into too much of the minutia of this article. Uh, basically, you know, Cameron has worked, uh, you know, within the Polkadot and Hedera networks. He's got some valuable insights and he's exploring reasons why developers might favor traditional blockchains to Hashgraph. Um, so he notes that, you know, Hedera, you know, can sometimes struggle to attract developers despite, you know, certain impressive upgrades in the network. Um, developers sometimes prefer traditional blockchain networks like Ethereum for their decentralized nature. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Um, Ethereum offers, uh, he's noting, you know, his hypothesis is uh, uh, Ethereum offers more democratic decision-making processes and collaborative and, uh, development environments. Um, Hedera's focus on enterprise adoption might conflict with the goals of decentralized networks. I can understand the optics on that. I mean, most of us in the ecosystem that have conversations with folks outside of Hedera can definitely run up against kind of those criticisms. Um, and, you know, there's a strong ethos of decentralization that, you know, Ethereum taps into um, all these different types of things. So uh, my notes on this. So there's one problematic section to this article, which is, quote, one of the core principles of the blockchain revolution is decentralization which aims to reduce reliance on dis on centralized entities and distribute power more equitably. Traditional blockchain networks like Ethereum and Polkadot embrace this principle, whereas Hedera's governing council structure has centralized elements, one of which is the fact that Hashgraph was patented, now open source, and all improvements to the network are moved through the Hedera governing council, first in the form of Hedera Improvement Proposals, or HIPs, they can be brought to the attention of the community at large, ensuring that decision-making uh, is very one-dimensional. So, you know, a couple things here. I mean, not every HIP has to be approved by the Governing Council, first off. Um, and it's one thing to say that um, a network embraces the principles of decentralization and whether they actually practice those principles. So um, there are arguments to be made there. Um I guess one counterpoint to this is I'm not going to give the counterpoint, but I'm just going to reference um, something one of the co-founders of Hedera said, Mance Harmon, um, in an interview given earlier this year, I think. Um, Mance uh, basically highlights that, you know, in Ethereum, and again, these are Mance, Mance's words, right? To the effect, uh, Mance said, in Ethereum, a handful of people control enough tokens on their POS system to make changes. And he also said in in Bitcoin, it's about a half dozen miners that really control the platform. So um, that's Mance's opinion, right? In stark contrast to, um, you know, what's outlined in this article. Also, Mance says, quote, Hedera is designed to have the most decentralized governance model in terms of the number of people that are required to participate in the governance itself, aka the number of people that have to vote to make changes at a business and technology level. And Mance says again, quote, it's a fallacy for people to think that somehow 
a governance model of 28 organizations today growing to 39 that are required to participate is more centralized than the handful that really control Ethereum and Bitcoin. It's just not true. So those are two sides to this, right? And I land somewhere in the middle, a little bit closer to Mance. And this is just coming from a position of optics. So when we look at it practically and, and in practice, um, you know, I tend to agree with Mance, right? And it, it is understood that in, 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 in the broad sense in Web3, when people talk about decentralization, often they're talking about it in an ideal sense. And when it comes to the actual practical application of it, it's not really decentralization. And we've seen this happen many, many times. I think that within the practical sense, Hedera's approach is more effective, starting more centralized and becoming more decentralized over time versus starting decentralized and becoming more centralized over time. Um, I think time is a big, big aspect to it. I don't think you can look at this through the lens of like what's current, the current state of things. Um, that said though, the other side to this that I agree with Cameron with is there's, there's also the optics side to this is, um, what's stopping Hedera from being more upfront about decentralization, how decentralized they are, and also, um, comparing themselves to other networks more frequently. What is the reason for them not doing that? It's not quite clear. Could they be doing it? Probably. Would it be helpful? Probably. The only reason I can think of that they might not be doing it is limiting windows of criticism. I think that when you step up like that, it definitely places a target on you. If Hedera were to say like, listen, we're the most decentralized and we're more decentralized than Ethereum and Bitcoin, and they were doing that consistently in a highly visible manner, um, it might bring on some criticism and competition that Hedera might not be able to withstand right now in the current state of the crypto market. So Optics-wise, the way that Hedera is approaching this topic, I really don't think is correct. Some of these opinions in the in this article, I find factually not 100% on the mark, but there are some things that I strongly agree with in this article. Um, and I'll give you a couple excerpts from this before we move on. Quote from Cameron's article, Hedera's identity as a non-blockchain DLT with centralized aspects may be perceived as misaligned with the core values that drive the decentralized space. Developers who are passionate about building on platforms that uphold decentralization, community-driven governance, and open innovation may find it challenging to reconcile these values with, the, with Hedera's unique approach, right? Hedera's approach is quite counterintuitive. Uh, continuing, quote, traditional blockchain networks, on the other hand, often provide a better alignment with these values, um, again, from an optics standpoint. Um, you know, continuing, quote, held by developers in the Web3 space and will work to create scaling solutions on top of these highly decentralized networks. So again, it's about optics. It's about what actually is happening from a practical standpoint. There's misalignments across the board. Another point I agree with from Cameron's article is, uh, quote, developers may be wary of building on a platform whose success relies heavily on external funding and might prefer traditional blockchain networks with more organic growth. It is true that um, the runway and uh, war chest of the HBAR Foundation and other affiliated 
funding and you know grant organiz grant giving organizations has been drastically reduced. The firepower has been reduced, and uh, ninety five percent of the TPS running through the network right now is subsidized. A lot of um, building it within the ecosystem is subsidized. Um, and I can understand this point in the article. The third and final point that I really want to highlight that I, that I agree with from the article is, quote, while Hedera offers advantages such as high throughput and predictable fees, its centralized attributes and reliance on the HBAR Foundation for short-term success raises concerns about its long-term prospects for developers. Again, I don't like the word centralized being used, um, but again, <clears throat> if you disagree with points from this article, understand a lot of the points that you disagree with are a product of the ways in which Hedera presents themselves. A lot of the criticisms is a runoff. Again, it's a byproduct. It's the trade-off. Hedera makes trade-offs. And the main trade-off that they've made is regarding the retail ecosystem. With this regulatory environment, are they concerned by embracing retail if it's going to make them appear more as a security or not? Are they going to get clumped in with a lot of these other assets or not? It's not clear. Um, on the other side, when we look at the need for more gas in the tank, we need more wind in the sails. You know, is this an avenue to take? And I think it is, of course, as a, in a measured fashion. And we are seeing this from Hedera, which is very interesting. Something we talked about last week was the fact that a lot of these early governing council members uh, probably wouldn't have joined Hedera if Hedera was talking about, you know, um, you know, meme coins and NFTs and all these different types of things. They had to be very tight-lipped, very enterprise, very boring. Um, Hedera is shifting more towards some of these... Uh, aspects and the people making those decisions is the governing council. So it's very curious to see that happening. Now, uh, I also want to quickly just say there, you know, I referenced at the top of the show, an article by community member Sivo Parabolic Gage Bar. It's a nice companion article um, to this article as well. I think they both work well together. Um, again, Sivo coming from the H barbarian perspective from the inside out this article kind of looking from the outside in both work really well together. I'd say read both. And I mean, if you are a diehard H bar maxi, all those different types of things, um, ex expand how you look at things. You really have to do that because, um, other networks don't have to fail for Hedera to succeed a lot of success that Hedera is going to see uh, will be a product of leveraging these other networks. So to have a well-rounded um, hypothesis and conviction in Hedera is going to require understanding these other networks more and reading things like this and looking at things from this perspective. So I would say HBAR Maxis, uh, step outside the bubble um, and check some of this stuff out because it's important. Uh, karate combat, uh, is, is, uh, uh, side kicking the bubble with some VC funding. There has definitely been a, uh, a crisis in VC funding in the Hedera ecosystem. Uh, we really need it. 
of course, in these economic uh, times, uh, venture capitalists generally aren't as um, fire from the hip, shall we say. So seeing Karate Combat secure $18 million in funding um, is really great and really healthy for this ecosystem. Whether you care about Karate Combat or not, um, I mean, uh, karate, karate Combat, um, you know, is... Uh, is a you know it's just, it's a it's kind of like um, the UFC and stuff like that. They, they're broadcast in a hundred different countries, four and a half million followers and ten million views per event. Um, it's big. Uh, it's exciting. They're they're leveraging, um, you know, uh, all sorts of different stuff like uh, VR, Unreal Engine. They've got animated things and um, the, you know the 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 actual broadcasts are pretty crazy um, and. This round of funding uh, included uh, Bitcraft Ventures, Delphi Digital, the Operating Group, AlphaWave Global. There's there's some others. So this is this is a whole thing. It reminds me of uh, Galaxy, Galaxy, Hedera use case. Um, either I think it was at the end of last year, or early this year, secured twenty six million dollars in funding. Um, so these things are really important to see. And I think about Hashpack, and I think about. Um, so many startups in the Hedera ecosystem that are, that are just, um, dying for some, some funding to keep the lights on. Uh, you know, I, these types of things are really positive to see. So I like seeing it, um, you know, and karate combat is working on their up only gaming app. They've got the karate token. Um, it, it's, uh, working on the Ethereum network and the Hedera network. Um, they're launching a DAO. They're doing all this crazy stuff, um, and they're closing broadcast deals with Euros, uh, Eurosport, um, CBS Sports, ESPN. So it's like, you know, the, the, all these things are, are happening with some of these use cases, and they're branching out in ways that really spin far out from this Hedera bubble. So, um, you know, we're trying to break out, but there already are all these kind of wild offshoots that we need to keep an eye on. Um, Coupons, uh, coupons are something I talk about probably every episode. I don't think it would be an episode of Hashgraph, uh, news and rumors if I didn't talk about coupons. So what's new with coupons? Well, um, points cash announces a strategic agreement with the coupon bureau coupon bureau, obviously charged with, um, uh, shepherding the new AI 8112 coupon standard that will replace the 8110 coupon standard. This new standard leverages Hedera. Um, and the first AI 8112 universal coupon deployment in the U.S. Uh, is convenience stores. Um, it's going to go live in over 1,000 loca locations across the U.S. by quarter one, 2024. Uh, and basically... Um, it addresses historically underserved uh, convenience store rewards and loyalty programs. I mean, again, a major point with these coupons is they're a universal standard, which means that when a beverage company or a certain product or a toilet paper company or whatever wants to do a, a certain promotion, they don't need to reach out and retool with specific retailers. They can just do it across multiple different retailers, and those retailers don't need to collaborate in any fashion with uh, the brand. So it's like it's a really powerful thing. Um, and, uh, the, you know, points cash platform, um, basically converts loyalty rewards points to cash. They're headquartered, uh, Boca Raton, Florida. So, um, rocking and rolling, 
coupon stuff is happening. Uh, we talked about some updates previous episodes, so if you want to keep up with coupons, literally just listen to every episode of the show and you'll get an update about coupons in some form or fashion. Um, also, uh, the HBAR Foundation um, celebrates Earth Day 2023 uh, to reflect upon a what they're calling productive year for the refi ecosystem on Hedera. So um, what happened? So um, the refi, refi means to them and how Web3 can transform an extractive economic ecosystem into one that protects and preserves the environment, uh, regenerates ecosystems and biodiversity, and centers uh, social inclusion, equitable asset uh, access, and environmental justice. And the five investment focuses have been making climate finance auditable, digitizing open sourcing methodologies, scaling validation and verification, discovering a global carbon price, and making ESG reporting credible. And this is kind of cool. So the Hedera Guardian and their incredible ecosystem of public builders includes Avery Dennison, Dovu, uh, Flow Carbon, um, Evercity, Tolem Earth, um, uh, Crypt C, um, Water Ledger, Solid World, Time Les, um, Peroni, um, Corpse Edge Platform, a bunch of others like this is like scaling. There are a lot of participants in this kind of new vertical. And, um, you know, the, the, the ultra bull case for this is, you know, Hedera could be at the epicenter of a new multi-trillion dollar market. Um, and the kind of conservative thing to this is, um, you know, <clears throat> Hedera is going to be leveraged by a lot of platforms within that market. So, you know, I, I think that it's tough to see. I, I think I asked Rob Allen this question. I said, um, could this new market um, be created without this technology hash graph? And the sense that I got from him is maybe, maybe there could be something else, but it's kind of a catalyst. It's kind of an, it, it, it's, it, this is a, you know, Hedera could mark a little bit of an inflection point in this industry. So very exciting stuff. We're in the eye of the uh, refi storm and, uh, you know, cool update from the HBAR Foundation. Congrats to everybody um, over at the foundation on that. I'm genuinely excited about a lot of that stuff. And that brings us to uh, the end of the news. So another week behind us. And another week ahead, um, a huge, huge shout out to everyone listening live on Twitter Spaces right now, and an extra shout out to everyone listening to the recording on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you may find yourself. If you have a moment, give the show a rating and review on your favorite platform. It really helps. And huge shout out again. Thank you to Mark from Hashpack. And patches from HGraph for hopping up, giving us some updates. What's the key takeaways for the week? Um, first off, it does seem as though we have a enter new enterprise um, adoption coming from startups in the Hedera ecosystem. Uh, friends that met in Discord servers 
BidMate a wallet or an NFT project are now growing their companies to the point in which they're developing products and services for enterprise and operating in the same league as a lot of folks um, in the governing council. To be honest, I get that the governing council is comprised of Fortune 500 companies, and I don't know if Hashpack or HGraph are Fortune 500 companies. Um, you know, I don't think that they are. I wish they were. But when it comes to this little cross-section of the Hedera ecosystem, and we look at a Hashpack and an, H, an HGraph and maybe uh, Google or an Avery Dennison, um, how do they stack up? I think it's more equal than we might think. And I'll give you a quick example. And it kind of, it's my final thought in this Hedera bubble kind of thing. <clears throat> we have community nodes on the roadmap, right? We talked last week about HIP six, uh, 690 that is um, adding the ability for nodes to identify whether they're a community node or a, a regular governing council node. And I think it's going to absolutely shock people the amount of HBAR that is unstaked from governing council nodes and moved to and staked to community nodes. I think that so much HBAR is going to be sucked out from Avery Dennison, Swirled, Google, LG, all those nodes and moved to nodes um, that are, I don't want to list any particular projects because I don't know if they're starting nodes. I don't want to start any uh, rumors. I'm here to report on rumors. I'm not here to start them. Um, you know, I think that so much HBAR is going to move and the amount of HBAR staked to these community nodes in Hashpack is going to be so much that I really think it's going to make head spin within Hedera. And I think it's going to showcase the true brand power that a lot of these um, community startups have. And I think it's going to emphasize what fires we need to feed. When we talk about the elephant in the room and taking a bite out of the elephant, and we talk about the bubble, and we talk about these different types of things, what do we put our energy behind that's going to get us the results that we want. I think we need more energy behind um, the hash packs, the saucer swaps. Um, I'm doing it again. I'm going to load up the, I'm going to load up the the Hedera use cases page, um, and I'm just going to rattle a couple things off. <clears throat> we need more money behind. Uh, well, I mean, Calyxy just secured 21 million funding, so I don't know. I think they're okay. We need more focus and money behind Dovu, and we need it behind uh, Hashgraph Name, Hash Guild, um, HTweet, Headstarter, um, Kabuto. Uh, we need it behind NFTier. We need it behind. Um, <laughs> I just noticed Pixel Rug is on the uh, from the Hedera ecosystem page. Fantastic. More behind Pixel Rug. Let's go. Saucer Swap, Seeky, um, Stater, uh, Turtle Moon, um, Upside Down, um, Hashpack, all these different types of things. 
it seems that they're going, they're branching out to enterprise. And if Hedera is an enterprise network, let's feed those fires. Let's really get it rocking, guys. Because um, I think that that's what's going to get us to where we want to go. I think that the people at these startups have a great mindset and understanding of how to bridge these networks, how to tear down these silos, but most importantly, sure, they're going enterprise, but they're from the community. They know everybody here. I don't think that anyone at Google has a dead pixel in their wallet, you know, for whatever that's worth. I don't think that someone from IBM or LG or Ubisoft has a hangry barboon in their wallet. Do they even have a Hedera wallet? I don't know. Um, but I do know that there are enterprise use cases that are going to be hitting these marks and it's going to be shepherded by people that do have these things in their wallets that do know what it was like to mint an NFT via a Google form. Um, cause I think that of course, uh, the enterprise ecosystem is going to grow, but so is the community. So that's my final thoughts. Um, if we want to pop this bubble, um, we're going to have to pick the, the things we use to pop it. And, uh, I think I'm placing some bets on these, uh, just, just, just over this, this episode and talking with Mark and patches. It's like, I think that I'm going to, we're going to see a trend of some of these community startups going enterprise. You want to know what? I dig it. I dig it. <clears throat> Let's go enterprise. Let's do it ourselves. I'm not going to wait around for Google. I'm not going to wait around for Ubisoft, Standard Bank, FPOS, whatever. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know if that was coherent. Straight from the hip, folks. Thank you for tuning in to Hashgraph News and Rumors, episode 73 from Inside the Bubble, broadcast live on Twitter Spaces every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific and made available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, every Monday. Get all the info you need about the show and listen to past episodes at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. Make sure to join the Hashgraph Enthusiast Twitter community to share your insights, ask questions, and invite new friends. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, feel free to send an hbar donation to enthusiasts.hbar using your Hedera wallet. Um, I'm also going to do something real quick because I'm noticing as the show gets more and more popular, as I'm doing the show, <clears throat> um, sometimes I get DMs from people that will give me useful information or correct something that I'm saying or reach out to me and, you know, it's kind of say like, oh, you said this, you should have said that, or, oh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I like to just give a moment here and just see if any of that happened. Um, and it didn't. I was switched on today, guys. I love it. I appreciate everyone tuning in, and I'll see you live on Twitter Spaces next Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. For everyone listening right now, I'm going to do what I usually do. I'm going to keep this spaces open for a few moments. If you see somebody that you recognize that's listening and you haven't talked to them in a while, hit their profile picture right now send them a message, ask them what's new. That's what I've been doing. And it's great because nine times out of 10, they've got something new going on. Um, and you will be glad that you know about it. So do it. 
Also, if you see someone listening here that you don't recognize, ah, hit their profile picture. Send them a message. You're both listening to me ramble on about Hashgraph. Um, you both have something in common. Send a message. Make a connection, right? Pop the bubble. And with that, thank you so much, everybody. Hello, future. Goodbye, past.